The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. It's a Starbucks kind of day, so we're doing the venti scene and everything. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, and I'm joined by my very handsome husband and talented, January Scott Williams. January 2022. Yes, January God, 2022. This is going to be the year. This yeah. is going to be it. I don't even want to talk clean about up the COVID. I don't even want to talk about we're what year. We're all going to get mentally and emotionally healthy yeah. again. Wellness. We need to focus on wellness. Today we are going to talk about rehoming dogs. I know we did Christmas puppies for our Christmas episode, so hopefully you're not already getting rid of those Christmas puppies. But if you are looking at or considering rehoming your dog in 2022, or you know someone who has talked about it before, we want to give you guys some tips and everything else. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. Good job. (laughs) What is the tip? He's smoking a $5 cigar today. He's trying to go cheap, which I'll take a little bit more affordable cigar. Inexpensive. More affordable. But uh, I like the energy you're bringing with the $5 uh, one. Too much uh, snobbery associated mm. with the cigars. <laughs> I thought I got to get back to the working man cigar, <laughs> and I'm working my way down. I'm that's, five that's next good. week. It's going to be a three dollars cigar. I'm going to the White Owls. All right, our quirky tip is: if you are getting a dog from a wet rescue, a foster, a breeder, wherever you're getting a dog, right? I mean, they can come from a lot of places. Are there a lot more places than those? Your neighbor. Yeah, wherever that person, that organization, that what have you shouldn't be able to control how you train your dog, how you keep your dog, what happens with your dog. And the reason I'm saying this with is the, because... Excuse me. With the exception of breeding. If you're yes. buying a dog oh, from a breeder yes. and you do not have breeding rights to that dog, you shouldn't be out now breeding that dog. Yeah, and, and that's uh, going to all be in a contract a and everything thing. else. But if you're like reading through the lines and in any way, shape, or form, even if you agree with it, like I don't want to use compulsion with my dog or, oh, I, of course I won't create this dog or just whatever these things are saying, no one should be able to tell you how you handle your dog. So that's our quirky tip. Think about the way you want to own your dog and train your dog and deal with your dog. What and if the dog is you. in... Your ownership and your possession, you do what works best for you. That's right, babe. That sounds good. I'm all, right. all for it. Let's God talk damn about, it. Let's talk about rehoming. So you've done this before. I have. I've rehomed, rehomed uh, several working puppies early on in my career, and it was partly because of my inexperience and partly because the puppies weren't uh, cut out for what I was trying to accomplish with them. But I didn't bring them to a rescue. Yeah. I, didn't, um, I actually had good, solid homes for them. And the way that I always handled it was, and I paid a lot of money for these puppies, by the way. I mean, anywhere from 1000 to $1,500 for these puppies. Some of them, I, even one I got from Europe, it cost me a ton of money just to import the dog here. Is that the one we got together? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but whenever I rehomed them, I, never sold, I didn't sell them. I gave them to a great home. And that was the thing. I wanted to find somebody that could handle the dog, yeah. that wanted the dog. And then I was happy to give them the dog because the dog wasn't right for me and I wanted to make sure it was in a good home. Yeah. And so the I was other willing thing, to take the loss on the expense and of the And the other thing is stuff. the dog was in your possession. Like you weren't going to just off the dog just because yeah, someone wanted the dog. And was I wasn't going to, the thing was, I didn't want to have a house full of dogs. Yeah. So I didn't want to get another dog yeah. if I had this one. Yeah. So this c- comes up in various different ways, right? And Scott, 
made mention of this, and this is something that we're very serious about. When we talk about rehoming your dog, we're not talking about dumping your dog at the shelter. And as a side caveat to that, if you got the dog from a shelter or a rescue group or a foster organization or something else, and it's just not working out, we always are here to give you grace that it's okay to bring that dog back within a week, a month, whatever else. Like if that, if it's legitimately too much stress on you, not the story that you were told and everything else, you don't have to feel bad about that if that's where the dog originally came from. However, if this is a dog that like you've been grappling with this situation for a few years or you know, uh, if it's a mixed dog, you're not necessarily going to find breed-specific rescue and, like, smaller setups like that. You know, it's more going to be a shelter kind of setup. But you could look for homes. So we're not talking about, like, free pets on Craigslist or anything else. But do you know anybody else who likes dogs? Are there neighbors who like dogs that maybe don't have kids that always love this dog? Could your parents have the dog? Is there somewhere that the dog could safely live? And that is kind of where we're standing with rehoming. And a lot of people sometimes have to come to grab, grip, gr- they have to grapple with the fact that they can't have as many dogs as they do, or as dogs get older, they have to go somewhere else or whatever else. But as long as you're doing this for the benefit of the dog's life and ideally your life, and maybe even the new owner's life, we have no issue with it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just not the right fit. And uh, you'll know this early on that it's just not the right dog for you. Uh, it's like an oil and vinegar relationship that you're having yeah. with this dog. And usually it's when you get a dog as an adult, you know, an adult rescue. But and it's a tough call. And with that said, even, it could be a year. It could take, like, oh, yeah. the good phrase that Scott always says is, is the dog you have necessarily the dog you want? And it's it's a, it's a popped up, you know, a few episodes ago and everything else. But that happens sometimes. Like, the, the puppy's so cute. The breed's so cute. You're really in everything. And then eight months to a year into it, you're like, holy crap. Like, what are we dealing with? So it might not be a and we we've had dog, decision. we we both own dogs that are like that. Yeah. But the difference is accepting the dog you have and working with what you have rather than having a resentment towards the dog and just, you know, this even subconsciously just not liking the dog. And that's always going to undermine your relationship with the dog. If the dog is difficult in certain ways, if it has emotional issues, if it has some anxiety or this or that, or maybe even dog aggression, th- things that you send, you can work with and work around through management and whatnot, but it just pisses you off to do it, and you don't want to do it. And so you always have this kind of resentment about, oh, i got to deal with this. So if there is a resentment, are you saying then that's when they should be home? I'm saying, yeah, if you can't deal with it and accept what you have with all the shortcomings, because none of us are perfect, no dog is perfect, you're never going to do that dog justice. You know, the dog, neither one of you is going to be happy. You know, and that, I agree. That's my I agree with that to an extent, but I also would say that, if you're going to resent a dog for whatever is going on, whether it be a pet dog or a dog that you chose or a rescue that you got, that's partially a you issue too to me. I'm thinking it's the people that issue, it's yeah. not necessarily that they're not like putting everything they can in. It's just not a good fit. And, you know, we mentioned aggression real quickly. We can just touch on that now. I was going to wait until after break. But if the dog has human aggression and I'm talking like has broken the skin, um, Maybe sometimes it goes for the back of like the pant leg, like nips at pant legs for people or just doesn't like kids or something like those are exclusive stuff. But if a dog has broken the skin and bit multiple people, multiple adults, multiple different circumstances, it's not ethical to rehome that dog. Like there's just no world in which that's ethical unless maybe your parents live on a big farm and they're very dog savvy and they can handle the dog at an older age or something else. But if there's human aggression involved, now we're not talking about passing the buck. So we can just put that out there as we start. But when we're talking about this, it's not so much that you're like 
not doing your best. Sometimes you're doing your absolute best and life gets in the way. Now you have a kid that has gotten, you know, a genetic issue, a very serious health issue. Your other dog isn't happy, the younger dog. Like there's things that sometimes happen and it's maybe two or three years into this journey and you're like, holy shit, the dog is the thing that's pushing me to my breaking point. And I think that in this day and age, a lot of us understand that our breaking point comes a little quicker than we maybe thought it would have five years ago or so. So it's important to be aware of those things. And if the dog is that and you need to rehome the dog and you can ethically do it, I want to tell people that we support that. Yeah. I mean, I think about young kids and herders, you know, some of these border collies, corgis, they're great dogs. It's just not the right house for them. The kids are too young. The dogs are hurting the kids, nipping at them. The parents are very busy. They don't have time yeah. to police this situation 24-7. Yeah. They're putting the dog in the crate. The kids are letting the dog out of the crate. All the, and then the yes. kids are crying. And that's, it's just not a good fit. And and it's I'm not so, a bad dog. And I'm so glad you brought up the corgi. Because we actually have a client. She lives down the road from us. I love this client. But she just sent me a video of her freaking corgi hanging on to her snow pants as she's walking through the snow. Because the dog's all jacked up that it snowed and everything else. And Jimmy does this too. I don't know if it's because of his foundational French ring training. Or I think he just gets excited but he'll like mouthy. grab onto the pants and stuff too so it's so cute we love that like that's a good quality for jimmy we, if they're not doing that i rehome them <laughs> <laughs> the owner of the corgi loves that right like she's like oh my god look how cute she is today like she loves the snow and she can say knock it off and everything else but that is a perfect example of if there was a four-year-old in that house with a coat that had a bunch of fur on it and the corgi was hanging off of that maybe it wouldn't be a good situation and a good setup yeah, like that the kid is sledding and the dog is like <laughs> hanging off his butt you know, it may not be the best setup if well, you can't it's control a corgi. it. It's a, it's a herder. What are you going to do? Yeah. So it's these situations where like the dog is nice. There isn't aggression. You've done a lot of stuff. Maybe you've even sought out professional help. And you guys, I do have to say this, and this is kind of a little bit of a tangent here, but if you've sought out professional help and it hasn't worked, Seek out more professional help. Like, literally, please... Try a different approach. Yes, or a different trainer, or a different whatever. Like, uh, male versus female. I don't care what it is, but, like, do your research, read reviews, and don't just say training didn't work, somebody came to the house four times, or we went to this puppy class or something else. Like, please at least give it two to three goes of various methodologies, just as a side note. So you've done all this. You've done the management. You've done the training. You're putting the time in. The dog is nice, even if it's from a breeder. You know, you're talking to the breeder about these issues. You're talking to the breeder and you're being honest about these things. If it did come from a breeder, an ethical breeder will take that dog back first and foremost. So if you're talking to a breeder about all these issues and you say, look, it's just too much for me. If you're getting your dog from an ethical breeder at any point in that dog's life, if things are not working out, they'll take that dog back. That doesn't necessarily mean they need to buy the dog back for the price that the puppy was or pay you the adult price for the puppy. Like that's crazy talk. But if you need to get the dog out of your home, back to where it came from, an ethical breeder should take that dog back. So let's say it's not from a breeder, it's from a shelter, wherever else. We're looking for qualified homes. And that isn't as easy as everyone thinks. No, I mean, and the problem I've had uh, that I've heard from a few of my own clients over the years where they have a nice dog, it's a drivey dog, it's too much dog for for that owner. Yeah. And they call me and say, and they've done a ton of training, and the dog is great whenever they do training, but then they fall into their old habits. The dog starts filling the void because no one's giving the dog any kind of work or job or whatever. And they'll call me and say, I need to find a home for my dog. 
but it has to be a very specific home. That a talented this, this, trainer this, this, that's this. used to working with this that breed. That perfect home isn't out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're going to rehome your dog, uh, you need to make some concessions on your end. You're never going to find the perfect home. And uh, if you care that much that you have all this criteria, then step up yourself and maintain that criteria for you and that dog. You know, that's what bugs the hell out of me. Yeah. All right. hundred percent. We're going to go to break. We'll see you when we get back. Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? Would you like your dog to be calmer? Does your dog lack confidence? Canine MindShift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com. Okay, we went from be happy, this was my Christmas sweatshirt, to be kind, mostly just a functionality of me being too warm well, today. You fill that shirt out quite nicely. Oh, thank you, love bug. Okay, Scott told me over break, by the way, that the $5 cigar isn't cutting it, and he has to stick with the $10 cigar. So thank you to guys and Jonathan and Dave for all of your help making him a snob cigar I'm glad they didn't start smoker. me on a $20 cigar. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to go to a 10 after that. I'm only two years into the journey. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep living indoors with this cigar habit. All right, listen up here. Um, We're talking about rehoming. We're talking about rehoming aggressive dogs. Do I slurp a lot? Because you clear your throat a lot, and that's annoying. All right, rehoming an aggressive dog. I want you to touch on that a little bit because you have had more experience with this type of situation. What is the ethical issue with doing that in your mind? Well, you know, aggression, it's a very general term for a lot of different behaviors. And, and there's, you know, sometimes there's displays of aggression. But if we're going to say aggression, we need to really define that, first of all. So oh we're God, talking here about... Here we go with aggression versus reactivity. We almost got a divorce no, after no, that No, no, but podcast. I mean, like, did it rip someone yeah, and they right, needed so stitches? Define, define. Let's go. I like definitions. Okay, so I'm going to say an aggressive dog is a dog that has uh, bit a human... Uh, and broken the skin and the person need medical attention. Okay. Or it's ripped a hole in the side of a dog more than once and it's very dog aggressive and it and it needs a lot of management around other animals. Those are two aggressive dogs. So you would, it, a dog that needed a lot of management around other animals, you wouldn't rehome? It's, it's. It's a tough one. It's tough to okay, find so somebody. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Like a dog? Aggression well, yeah, first. you're the one that went to dogs. So yeah, I'm trying stick to with flush the human it aggression it. first. Okay. So with human aggression, if the dog has uh, caused at least one person, if not two, to go to the emergency room to get medical attention I would for say, the bite, I would say normally when they're ready to rehome, it's more than one anyway, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Normally, if they if there's one bite, I think it's very rare that someone is like, I'm rehoming my dog, like the first incident. I don't see that. They normally are looking for help or something else. I've had say. people call me with a rescue they've had in their house for a week that bit their kid. The kid went to the hospital, yeah. and they're calling me for training. I know. But I anyway. Know, but uh, So anyway, that's I don't think that's ethical to rehome that dog because he's going to bite. If the dog is bit already once or twice. Okay, once so then maybe, what does that mean your role is as the person that owns this dog? Then if you can no longer... Uh, handle the responsibility of owning a dog like that, you should put the dog down. Okay. And what if the dog came from a breeder? I would tell the breeder what's going on. And if I would give them the option of taking the dog back, but if they were going to just rehome that dog, that's unethical now on the breeder as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'll take that. So really the bottom line here is, is if the dog came from 
a breeder and the breeder wants the dog back and thinks that they can help the dog. And sometimes this is just a situation that the dog was put in an unfair situation and an outburst happened or whatever else. So if the breeder can take the dog back, rehab the dog successfully, whatever else, depending on what's going on and the breed and all these things. Can, fine. I, can I preface something to all the, the, this information that I'm kind of sure. spur, spurting sure. out here? The people where these dogs are going are not dog trainers. First of all, okay. to make sure that they're not going about. to dog trainers. They're not going to okay. people that work dogs on a regular okay. basis. We're talking about pet homes. Okay, we're talking because about pet homes. The reason I say that is because I got a great dog that had aggression issues. The breeder called me and said, the dog bit three people in the house. It was a puppy and the dog was nine months old. It had already bit a few people. And the breeder called me and said, listen, it was the pick of the litter. It was a great dog. It's too much dog for that household. No, Are you, you willing to you the take dog. the dog? But that and breeder, I said, if the dog is you know, yeah. really bad, will you take him back? He said, absolutely, I'll take the dog back. But I just wanted to give you the option. Yeah. And I took the dog, and he never bit anybody with me. Yeah, because you were qualified. Okay, yeah, so we're talking about like, qualified <laughs> homes and all these things. But yeah. if we're going to just straight pet homes, right? Mm -hmm. You have an aggressive dog, you don't have a breeder to go back to, or you have a breeder that you're just getting the feeling that they're going to just list the dog right back on the site and not do anything with, you need to euthanize that dog. And behavioral euthanasia is another podcast and it is a touchy topic. And it is, it is a heartbreaker. Like I could sit here right now, I'm welling up thinking about it. Like we have clients that this has happened with. This is not an issue that you can just bypass through certain methodologies or something else. This does happen. But the issue and the responsibility factor is if you have a human aggressive dog that you think needs to leave your home, it is now your responsibility to put that dog down. And that's the hard pill to swallow with it. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's a very emotional topic. And it's a, uh, it's a, probably one of the hardest things we can do as dog lovers. Yeah. Anybody. You know, yeah. it's brutal, but it's the responsible, it's the right thing to yeah. do. And with that said, I do want to say too, so you have a situation like this, but your friends love this dog. Maybe it just nips somebody, wants something else. Please make sure that if you're rehoming a dog to friends or family or someone that you deem qualified, once the dog goes there, it's their dog now, right? Like you do not have say in if they had an incident and they choose to euthanize or rehome or, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to take the dog back to your house. You wanted that dog to be away from your house. They tried to give it a go and now it is their choice what decisions they make for that dog because you have rehomed that dog to a friend or to a family member. And it is their choice because relationships can like really get tainted and stuff with that. Also, if now you're trying to be the backseat driver of the dog that you didn't want in your house and they're having issues with it and you're trying to like control that situation. So make, make a note of that if it's happening. Yeah. The other thing I thought we might touch on was the project dog. Yeah. We talked let's talk about, about this. It. So, uh, a lot of dog, a lot of rescues out there, um, are what Jess and I would deem a project dog. And what that means is a dog that is typically very intelligent. Uh, it's got a lot of baggage. It's got a lot of emotional baggage that comes from its past. And it doesn't matter what the past was. It, it just has come with baggage, meaning it, maybe it, it doesn't do well in a crate. Uh, you know, it's all kind, who knows what, but it's just got issues, you know. And, um, and because dogs don't speak, we don't know exactly what those specific yeah, issues were. Yeah, so I mean, if you can, you come up with protocols that work for you and this dog, uh, where the dog can live comfortably and you can live comfortably with that, those protocol, the protocols may never go away. Those protocols may, you may have to do that for 10 years. And yep. that's the project part of it. A lot of people are like, well, how long, okay, everything's working great. How long do I have to do this before I don't have to do this anymore? And they back off on the protocols and then the problems all come back. 
And then they have to go back to the protocols and sometimes with a bit of a resentment, like, I don't want to keep doing this shit. This isn't why I got a dog. I didn't want a dog to do this. And if you're in that situation and you're feeling like it's too much and again, using the term resentment, like, I don't, I don't know. I, you, resentment is real when you're a pet dog owner. Let's just put it that way. Right. Like Scott and I are totally cool being like, all right, this Malinois and this border collie never meet. We live like that. We have people that watch our dogs like that. Like we can live like that. We don't think twice about it. We're professionals in the dog industry. We can do that. If you are a pet owner and you have kids in the house and you're trying to juggle all of these things, of course you didn't get a dog to freaking live in a very like structured way that can never go out of the box and everything else. Like we understand that. It's supposed to enhance your life. Yes. Yes. And this whole topic should be prefaced by we're getting a dog not to get rid of a dog, right? Like we all want to get a dog and hopefully keep a dog for as many years as we can keep it alive. This isn't the dog, you know, is getting to be too much money. The dog is getting to be too noisy. The dog, it pees too much. We dumped him at the shelter. Again, we're reiterating, this is not just getting rid of dogs and putting them back into shelters or putting a nicely bred dog into a shelter. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about looking for breed-specific rescue if it's responsible, uh, maybe owners that you know, or referring back to breeders. But if you cannot keep that dog, you're going to get a lot of guilt, a lot of public guilt from other... Oh, oh, you got rid of your dog. Oh, you couldn't keep your dog. Oh, you couldn't do that. What's wrong with you? Why... That is okay. Whatever the world is saying, they didn't live in your life. They didn't live with that dog. They didn't take the steps to responsibly rehome that dog. They're not doing the grunt work here. So if you're feeling like this is a good choice for you and your lifestyle and your family and this dog in front of you, it probably is. Like, that is okay. Like, take that guilt that you're hearing from other people and don't worry about it. And really, who cares what people say at the end of the day anyway? Yeah, well, you know, I don't care. <laughs> if Scott and I cared what people said, we wouldn't, wouldn't be close to getting this far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and that being said, also, on the front end, if you're going to get a purebred, think about why you're getting, before oh, you actually get one. the dog, oh my God. try to reflect on why you why? want this type of dog. <laughs> because people are getting very aggressive breeds these days that were bred to guard property. Yeah. Um, you know, just very, uh, or even... Mm. They're not bred for the app, uh, the climate and the place you live. Uh, and it's nice. To, it used to be years ago, and I heard this from a, a, a dog trainer that uh, is much older than me and has a lot more experience than me. But he said that dogs used to be, there was regional breeds, meaning they were mongrels. Most of the dogs people owned were mutts. They were mixed breeds, but they were regional. I see this with um, Puerto Rico. Yeah, People Puerto that Rico rescue Puerto Jamaica, Rico dogs, Jamaican they all rescues, tend to be kind yeah. of the same size, yep. kind of the same kind of look. And it used to be New England had a regional type of a mongrel. The Midwest now had a... Now we just re- have yeah. southern rescues So now here. people are getting, you know, an Akita or a Sharpay imported in because they like the look of it. Yes. And the dog is actually retained its original <laughs> genetics it's like gonna friggin kill somebody <laughs> at, you know, it's only good with the four people in the house and anybody that comes over the dog's gonna tear them apart oh, this because is a good the dog topic. is bred this is a good to topic. have some uh, territorial aggression to guard things <sighs> and people are like well i love the look of him yes and they get this friggin mental dog they you know? see a photo on instagram or they see a movie or they see whatever and then that's what they have to have or they had it as a kid 
Well, if you had a certain breed as a kid, let's say Irish setter, not trying to throw the setters under the bus, but let's say that maybe your dad was a hunter, not trying to be sexist. Maybe your mom was, I don't know. Maybe it came from working line genetics. It was great. Maybe if you get that same breed from pet dog genetics, now the dog is out of its mind with crazy anxiety. I don't know, but Scott is so right. If you want a breed, why do you want that breed? Like, why do you want it in your home? And if you have never had it before, maybe look into fostering with a breed-specific rescue. You don't have to keep one of the fosters. You can get a puppy from it, but maybe get some interactions with those things. You join a breed-specific Facebook group, don't listen to other people. Like You need to have your own experience with the breed to know if you can deal or not. So that is a really good point. If you are getting a purebred, why are you getting a purebred? Yeah, and the Pure, well, there's a lot of great purebred dogs to get. I mean, yes. there's a reason why golden retrievers and labs are the most popular dogs in the country, because they typically are not aggressive. They're great with kids, you know. It, but the thing is, then you're not unique. If you got a golden retriever and everybody and in your neighborhood has a golden retriever, then you can't stand and out. It's as not special even and about different. being not that unique because, like, we had Shelly on the podcast from Kappa Kennels. She's the first one to say that goldens had increased with their aggression. We've seen a lot more aggression out of labs, a lot more anxiety. And we're not talking about like feigned aggression, feigned anxiety. I'm talking about a lab that literally wants to kill me like a Malinois when I cut its feet. Like, that's intense for me. And when Scott talks about, you know, rescues and this anxiety and we don't know what they're past was, let's be real that there is some genetic anxiety that comes too. So some of these rescues could have come from an extremely anxious parent that was always bolting out the door, always breeding with other dogs because it was always running away. Like we can't just assume that any anxiety that a rescue comes with is because of how it was handled and everything else. There was definitely a genetic component to all of this. But no matter what you're thinking about bringing a dog into your home or you have a dog in your home now and you're like, ah, it's kind of going well, it's kind of not. Or you're literally at the end of your rope and you're like, we've been doing this. We've been at it. We have clients like this. They've spent thousands of dollars. They've done everything. They've done their best and they're at their wit's end. Like they don't have another answer. And the answer is not the dog becomes our dog. So if you need to rehome your dog or you need to put your dog down because of aggression, we understand. We are sorry if that's what you're facing in 2022, but it might be the best possible solution for everybody. I've had people call me that, you know, I go see the dog and and I tell them, you know something? I think you should put this dog down. Or and you should get rid of the dog. He'll say that infrequent. straight up. Yeah, He'll I'll say, straight you up put the say dog get down. rid of the dog too. And um, they'll say, thank you for telling me that because I felt the same thing, but I needed a professional to tell me to, you know, because they thought, well, maybe there's another way we can go. The dog was too dangerous. I said, this dog has no business walking the earth. Yeah. Someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. You know? And this is, you know, it's bleeding the behavior, euthanasia and the rehoming are bleeding together slightly, but it's very important to note that when we're talking about rehoming, human aggression is another level of rehoming. Okay. So be conscientious of that. Think about how much you have to give to the dog and how much you have to put forward and offer the dog. And if you have a better solution and the family thinks that it's the best choice and where the dog's going is good, the dog will probably end up being happier. And we support your choice. And we all need a little grace this year. Life is stressful. The world is not any less crazy than it was. It may be getting crazier. So if this is something that you need to make a decision about in 2022 and you have made an informed decision it is not unethical or wrong to do. Well, here's one that I just can't get my head around. Not judging, but I can't get my head around people that get rid of a dog because they have to move to another home. And when that, that does happen, but but Scott's saying that, and in a sense, it's almost facetious because no, what he always know what you always say in that times. context is, 
I think there was more going on than the dog moving. Def- or like a divorce, right? Oh, it was a divorce. We don't know what to do. We, we can't make a the decision. Dog. There's more going on there. We once had a chow that they said, oh, dog had too much hair. Google a chow and see that it's a hairy dog, right? Like, yeah. it, it, I, don't, I don't know who gets a chow and thinks that there's too much hair. So sometimes what's coming through and what they're saying the reason is for rehoming, there's more of an underlying reason yeah. there. That when, dog is causing stress. It's a bad match. Maybe there's some aggression, whatever. When there's a divorce, there's more now these days to be a, a custody battle yeah. over the yeah. dog. Yeah, so shared custody is a thing with divorce. Yeah. But I mean, I, Justin and I have done it twice. Uh, I've done it three times. And what I mean is I've needed to find a living situation where I wasn't buying a home with multiple dogs. And I've always been able to make it work. It's been stressful. Most uh, you know, apartments and, and most homes that are for rent, they say no pet policy. And it's tough. It's work. But they're out there. We found multiple homes, that w- people that would rent us their homes with dogs. And um, you need to... You know, it's a harder search, but you can find it. If you yeah. need it, you find it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So don't commit. I mean, commit. Like, do your due diligence and commit. And that is true, what Scott's saying. But if you're hearing these peripheral stories about, oh, the, this happened and the poor dog and he's stuck in the middle, like, there was probably more going on there. It's a difficult dog. Make your decisions wisely. And if for some reason it's best for you not to have the dog you have in your home in 2022, it's okay. Yeah, because life is short. This is what I tell people. You know, mm-hmm. the dog is going to live... Anywhere from uh, 10 to 15, 18 years, maybe, if, if, if you're lucky and uh, if it has a, you know, good genetics. And if the dog is making your life a living hell, you don't need to commit to 10 more years of a living hell. Yeah. I mean, it's just find, a, find the right home for that dog uh, where they're going to enjoy the dog and they have the right situation or the right mindset to enjoy that dog. Yep. All right, we're all about it. You guys, it's good to see you in 2022. Next week, what are we doing? We're doing, is it getting better? Is it the same? Is it fixed? Is it getting worse? We got a good topic next week. I'm super excited about it. Are we talking about our our relationship now? (laughs) Not not publicly. All right, keep it quirky. (laughs) See you next week. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.